You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome, I'm Mo Brady. This month, we're collaborating with Broadway performer Shay B. Hopkins in her new creation, Podcast Portraits. In this new podcast, Hopkins invites guests to share some of life's hairy and hilarious moments and thoughtfully reflect on how those experiences shaped who they are today. Over the next four weeks, the Ensemblist will share some of our favorite moments from her interviews, as well as speaking to Shay herself about the creation of Podcast Portraits. On today's episode, Shay chats with Austin Danielle Bomer, her colleague on the upcoming Broadway mounting of Diana, A True Musical Story. Austin shares her education, both formal and informal, from going to college and university to teaching yoga and dance in India. Here's their conversation. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Congratulations. You ended up landing. You're in the ensemble and you understudied Diana. Yes. Which is true. Huge. Crazy. Huge. And this is your Broadway debut. It is. Yeah. I know. We get to share that, which has been really very special. It has been lovely. And did you start going to university in America and then you went to London? Yeah. So I I only spent a summer studying in London at at RADA, which, and I did their Shakespeare program, which the way that, that RADA structures it is that it is supposed to be their entire classical year of training crammed into... 10 weeks. Whoa. So it's like 24 seven classes, like 9am to 9pm. 9am to 9pm. Yes. Shakespeare. All Shakespeare. How does your brain not turn into scrambled eggs? It, the end of that? it totally, absolutely was like, that's how I felt all the time. It was so overwhelming. And actually still I have like journals and journals and journals. I just tried to like soak up whatever I could. I was also 18, you know? So when I look back on that, I was like, man, That girl was so, I'm just so grateful that I wrote everything down because I can look back on things and there are things that didn't make sense to me then that when I go back to my journals now and reread things, I'm like, oh my gosh. That's what that meant. I see. (laughs) That makes so much sense in a way that at 18, I literally could never have understood what Mm -hmm. was, what was trying to be imparted on us. So yeah, but I went to university in St. Louis, Missouri, um, Did you love that? 
I did. I, I did love my experience. It was so vastly different. I like was very intentional about choosing a university that was not in New York City or around New York City because I had grown up in this beautiful liberal bubble. Like mm-hmm. I grew up in a town where we have rainbow sidewalks and like the trans flag is flying from our town hall. And like, I wanted to know what America was like mm-hmm. and in other in other areas. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tell me more about, uh, you went to India. When yeah. was that? Yeah. So I've actually been three different times. Wow. Well, um, because mm-hmm. you're a yogi. You took us for a few yeah. yoga classes during the bubble. You also mm-hmm. teach here in New York City. And- yeah. I actually, I'm not certified. I'm not a certified yoga teacher, but mm-hmm. I am a... I, somebody who believes in the power of yoga and mm-hmm. I practice myself daily, but, um, I have training in other things and sort of like yoga adjacent training mm-hmm. and certifications, but I haven't actually done the full yoga thing. I think because I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I got to really like, you got to go somewhere and you got to sit and study yeah, for six I want months it to and you want to learn from the right people. And, right. And yeah. I'd ha- I did study yoga just for my personal practice mm-hmm. in India. But the main reason why I um, have gone to India is to teach three different times. Was that with the same group? That is with Artists Driving to End Poverty, Mm -hmm. which um, is also a step. Uh, And I started working with him when I was 16. And I went to India for the first time when I was 16. Wow. By yourself? Um, I was with one other person, but but by myself. Yeah. She was the same age as I was. How long were you there for? um, About a month. I've been there for about a a month each time. and I go back every few-ish years. I would like to go back for a longer stretch of time. Um, but yeah, so I've taught with a step there, um, all kinds of things. I've directed the choir and I've uh, taught dance and movement and public speaking. And mm-hmm. then occasionally I've taught academic classes as well, like social studies for fourth and fifth graders and um, English tutoring. I did some like English tutoring through the framework of... Um, dyslexia, which I really have no training in, but I have dyslexia myself. And so no, really? Yeah. So I worked with some, some students who were experiencing that Mm -hmm. and, um, essentially shared the tools that I've gathered in my life. And yeah, so it's, um, a school called Shanti Bhavan and, um, I will, will plug it. Um, you can watch plug away. Yes. (laughs) You can watch a documentary if you want to learn about Shanti Bhavan, which is, um, a school located in Southern India that takes, uh, children from 
India's lowest caste, the villages, mostly in southern India, but mm-hmm. but all around India, and brings them to this school where they live on site and are given incredible education and arts education, which I think is so awesome that that's a priority. Um, and they support them through college to basically um, break the cycle of poverty through education. So I have gone now... Um, three different times and I'm losing my train of thought. I don't know what, what else I was going to say. Where, where do they get funding for that? Is it donors from the States, from all over the world? From all over the world. Primarily from, from all over the world. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I was plugging the, (laughs) plugging the Netflix documentary. So if you uh want to know more about Shanti Bhavan, um, there's a documentary called daughters of destiny, Mm -hmm. which is on Netflix. And it's, there, I don't know, like six, six series, um, episodes. Okay. Um, and it is incredibly moving and does give you a really clear picture of, um, the work that's happening at Shanti Bhavan. And, you know, maybe people who listen to this will want to get involved when COVID is no longer a factor. Right. There Um, is that little chestnut. And have you going back, Mm. have you seen children that you've taught the first time you went and seen them grown? Yes. Is that amazing? Like, the coolest thing in the world, mm-hmm. truly. I've, I mean, I think that's, that's the greatest thing about teaching in general. Like if you, I have lots of students, the way that I put myself through dance classes, um, is that I was on scholarship to be able to teach classes after school for younger students. And then I would take my own classes after that. So it's like a work study program. Mm-hmm. And so I've been teaching for a lot of my life and with any teaching, that's the coolest thing to see is when you have a student who comes back five, 10 years later and Mm -hmm. you get to see them as an adult human and witness all of the growth that they've, um, been through. But in India specifically, I think it, I think the thing that was different is that they've gone from living in a small village with their family to adjusting to living on campus and being away from their families and being educated from preschool all the way through graduating high school. Mm -hmm. And then I've actually seen students who have come back from college and are now living on their own in a large city in Bangalore, you know, and to get to see how they're outlooks on just day-to-day life have shifted. Mm -hmm. They have lived so many different versions of reality and to get to see where they are now, um, knowing that I, you know, was literally a a drop in the ocean. No, no, that I was there for a blip in their time, you know, so not even to be like, oh yes, like I, I was there for that. No, it's not that, but just to get to see how, what an amazing human being they've turned into, Mm -hmm. how cool that I got to be there for even a second of their journey. Um, yeah, really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, were you planning to go back? Well, this year you couldn't, obviously, because right. you were meant to be employed. I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, do you keep in touch with them? Is there a pen pal type situation at I, all? Or is it very much so 
we protect these children and we keep more them. so that right. I do um, keep in touch with some students who have graduated and cool. who are now on their own, mm-hmm. um, even via social media. Like once they're in college and once they're working as adults, I have lots of students who I worked with years and years ago who are now like working at large banks and wow. you know, like just oh my gosh, it's just amazing. Um, and yeah, they have like Instagram accounts. And so we'll like DM on Instagram and I get to hear about their lives. And, but, um, yeah, I would love to go back. I always would love to go back as often as they would have me. And as Mm -hmm. it would be like genuinely helpful to have the skills that I can provide. I think something that's so important to constantly reevaluate when it comes to like teaching abroad is do you actually have skills to offer? Um, or are you going to try to have an experience yourself? Mm-hmm. It's super, super important to align yourself with a, um, an organization that has values that you really, um, feel comfortable mm-hmm. and confident partnering with. Mm-hmm. When I went to India, yes, this most recent time, which mm-hmm. was last summer, I went, I like traveled by myself, um, for a while after I taught and I was like, I need to go to Delhi because I need to see the Taj Mahal. I, ha- I haven't, I've been to India three times and I've never seen the Taj Mahal and I feel like I should see it. So I made plans to go mm-hmm. see the Taj Mahal. And then I had other days where I was in Delhi and, um, the, I was staying with at like a homestay and the woman Maya was like, why are you, why are you going to see the Lotus temple? Like nobody cares about the Lotus temple. There's nothing to see there. And I was like, well, I don't know why Maya, but, but I feel like I got to go. I feel like I got to go see the Lotus temple is very important to me for some reason that I don't understand. So I'm going to go. And she was like rolling her eyes, telling me that it was a terrible idea that I would be disappointed. So I go, right? Mm-hmm. I take a tuk-tuk, like a little tiny motorized... Mm-hmm. I love tuk-tuks. Me too. Um, tiny motorized uh, car with like Vehicle. a hood. It's not really a car, is it? It's like a little... It's like a combination between like a, a bike cart. taxi and a golf cart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I get to the Lotus Temple and I'm like walking up to it. And if you don't know what the Lotus Temple is you can Google it and it's beautiful. You know, it's like white, this beautiful white marble structure that literally looks like a Lotus and it's beautiful. Sure. Great. So I'm walking up to it and I'm like interacting with all of the families who are around me and you have to take your shoes off before you go into the Lotus temple. As I'm walking around, there are all of these, uh, descriptions of what, what goes on in the Lotus temple, what the Lotus temple is all about outside. And I'm reading and, um, I start to realize that the entire purpose of the Lotus temple is to bring people together to study all religious texts and all religions, because everyone is trying to get to the same answers. And why would we not take every resource that we possibly have if all of this work from so many different points of view has gone into trying to answer these questions? Like, why would we not allow for all of them to coexist? Mm -hmm. So I'm like reading about this, you know, and my journey with religion and spirituality has been very much that I try to just take from anything that feels like it resonates and put it all together because I feel the same way, you know? So I like get into the Lotus temple, you take your shoes off and you're supposed to be completely silent. And inside it looks like a church or any temple. A place of worship. It looks like any place of worship. I personally grew up in a church and it reminded me quite of the church that I grew up in. It was simple, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's completely silent and all of these people are praying around you. And I just, 
started bawling. I had no idea why, but I was so overwhelmed. And I just was like, oh, oh my gosh, I feel like the presence of God. And I have never felt like that in my life, going to church as a kid, any of these things. But it just felt to me like it was like every, every possible path is all intertwining and converging at this point, you know? It was so cool. So I sat there for a long time and I was just crying and then I left, you know, and then I wrote about it in my journal and I didn't think about it a lot. And um, it definitely has um, encouraged me to read a lot more of the texts that are available to us from all of these different incredible religions around the world. And so, yes, I, I have actually thought about getting a lotus tattooed on my body with like a compass or something. And I don't, I would want it to be a very like particular design, but um, just because that moment to me was like, just so memorable. It felt like I was like tapping into something for a moment that I was like, ooh, okay, I know that it's there. Mm -hmm. Like I can really believe that, that we're all actually trying to get to that thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful way to end this. I think that's great. Enlightened. Special thanks to Shay B. Hopkins and Austin Danielle Bomer for sharing their stories with us today. Episodes of Podcast Portraits can be found on Apple Podcasts and at shayhopkins.com. The Ensemblist was produced today by Anna Altide, Jackson Klein, and me, Mo Brady. Please rate and review The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. Our Patreon members have on-demand access to our full archive, including conversations with our guests and early access to episodes. You can support us there for just between $5 and $20 a month at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.